Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who everybody knows. And when I tell everyone that he's my co-host, he chimes with, with the emphatic, I'm your man like Leonard Cohen. Here's my co-host from the <laughs> left coast, Wayne Fugate. Uh, hola, Ben. I mean, I've often said uh, I'm the man like Leonard Cohen. <laughs> All right. So for this episode, we have a special guest joining us. Her most recent record is called Deluxe Hotel Room. It's one of my favorite listens of 2019. Besides your title track, which got a little airplay out there, you may have heard the hypnotic talk to myself. She was recently on tour with another one of my favorite bands, Delta Ray. She goes by the moniker Lucette. Please welcome to the podcast, Lauren Gillis. Hello. All right. So the premise of our podcast, fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each of the podcast episodes, I ask the all-important question. So what t-shirt are you wearing? So let's start with Lauren. What t-shirt are you wearing? I'm wearing a Bob Seger t-shirt from uh, 1978. It's a Silver Bullet Band tour t-shirt. Excellent. Nice. For which yeah. for which record? Uh, Stranger in Town, I think. Yeah. All right. That's a good one. That's a good one. How about you, Wayne? What t-shirt are you wearing? Uh, my Def Jam Recordings logo. There you go. Cool. Is that a new one or has that been in the closet for a while? It's fairly new. Cool. I'm not wearing a t-shirt today. Uh, <laughs> I just got back from a wedding. So I'm still I'm still in my my white button-up shirt and my slacks because um, my sister-in-law, Erin, just got married. So congratulations, Erin nice. and Tim. Congratulations. Congratulations. All right. So, Lauren, I know you've been doing the interview circuit promoting your new record. So I wrote down three questions that I assume that you've been asked a ton while you've been <laughs> okay. doing the interview circuit. So let me, let me see if I got them right. So okay what it what, what's your most asked question hmm um probably who are your biggest inspirations as artists that's probably up there i've got that down yes okay. <laughs> and what's your what's your typical response to that well i would say uh emmylou harris leonard cohen uh abba rihanna Waylon Jennings. It's all kind of all over the map. <laughs> you, you, so you're the perfect guest for us because we're all over the place as well. All right. Perfect. All right. What's, what's the second most asked question? Um, you know, it's actually funny. It's been a while since I've actually been in an interview, but, uh, and by a while, I mean like maybe a month, but, um, <laughs> I don't know, probably like, something along the lines of like you know you're from Edmonton Alberta how did you get to record in Nashville Tennessee you know something like that I'm trying to think of like a really obvious question too like it, I'm I'm totally blanking right now right all right so, so I'm curious I'm curious to hear what you have to okay, say okay so so the other two that I've got is why do you go by Lucette do you get that oh, a lot duh. <laughs> yes Yes. And, and the other one is, what's Sturgill Simpson like? Okay, yeah. 
you get that a lot as well um surprisingly no i i feel like maybe i get what was working with sturgill like but not specifically him as a person <laughs> gotcha. gotcha yeah all right so let's go back um, to the lucette question then why why do you go by lucette well i was um i was recording my first album which is called black is the color uh in i think it was uh 2010 that's when I started it and uh I was in the studio with Dave Cobb and um you know we were kind of talking and I was at the time I was kind of thinking oh maybe you know I can bring this record back home and start a band so I think I kind of always wanted to it to be more of a collaborative thing and uh you know I was trying to come up with uh, a name for this band that doesn't exist and um I was on the phone with my grandma while I was in Nashville and my grandma's name is Lucette. And I mentioned that to Dave and he's like, Oh, that's such a cool name. And I was like, well, maybe it's Lucette. Maybe this name is Lucette. And then ended up putting that record out under that moniker and it stuck. So <laughs> it's nothing. Uh, and I don't know, like she, she's a really cool woman. Um, she's a really big personality and uh, loves country music. Loves she calls it country and Western. So, you know, like listens to um, this radio station called CFCW, which is, it plays a lot of traditional country still in Alberta. And uh, yeah, she, she's always been a big influence um, on me in my life. So that's kind of where that came from. I mean, going forward, who knows, I might, I might even put records out under my own name, but we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Cool story. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you, you're our first Canadian on the podcast. Well, I'm honored. And, but I do have to, I do have to preface that with, and it's only because the guy who was supposed to be our first Canadian rescheduled until October. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> glad that I, I, I stole the trophy. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Um, so, when people label you as an as a quote Americana artist, do you have to remind them that um, you're Canadian? What's funny to me is like um, I think the first record was definitely way more in the Americana vein. Um, so first of all, I think there's that. Like I think you know I'd be curious to hear your opinion, um, both of your opinions about where you think this album sits but because i i really genuinely enjoy hearing every single person's opinion of it because it's funny to me how different people place it but i don't know i think americana is kind of a you know there there is definitely canadian music but i wouldn't say there is such a thing as like canadiana because you know americana <laughs> music is basically you know like it's i think it's less about being american and more about kind of the kind of the roots of it and uh but yeah i it is it is kind of funny because you know i think mo a lot of people assume that i'm not canadian and <laughs> i definitely am i still live here so. right right yeah so so to to that point of you know describe your record i don't honestly i i'm not really sure how to describe it because your first record yeah, definitely. I think fits in that whatever the 
bastard definition of Americana because I, I feel like Americana has got like this hodgepodge. We're not sure what genre you really fit in. So we'll just yes. we'll just call it Americana and we'll call it good. Your new record definitely definitely has a different vibe to it. Um, I think mm -hmm. you still got some of that 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 root stuff going on. But, you know, you've got you've got sax going on on a number of the yeah. songs that's that's not really a typical americana instrument Cool. No, thank you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. We we had the same conversation a few weeks ago when we interviewed Katie Tupin. Her previous band, Houndmouth, definitely had some of those Americana roots, and she has a little bit of it. But then she just kind of goes off the reservation with you know some 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 other sounds and and I. I I don't know. Uh, so, so what are what are people saying that your your record kind of fits into? I feel like honestly, I feel like a lot of people don't really know where it fits into. Yeah. <laughs> I um, and I think maybe that's why I decided when we were you know talking about not not to skip ahead, but you know thinking about albums to talk about going forward. I'm like, well. I, I'm drawing similarities, not that I'm comparing myself to Leonard Cohen, but um, just how kind of various positions was sort of a a, a transition, um, a big transition from him kind of like for him for, from folk and from like kind of that guitar based music. And um, to me, what I'm what I'm kind of calling it is country infused dream pop. There you go. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like, you know, there's elements of like Mazzy Star, there's elements of, you know, the pop and like the kind of the, you know, synth sort of uh, soul elements, but then also a lot of the writing still kind of fits within that country, country kind of realm. But I think just the way that I Sturgill and I kind of chose to produce it and um, you know, bring that sort of character out of the music. I think I don't, I personally don't think folk or Americana is the right way of describing it. And uh, I mean, Americana, I, I do think maybe, you know, just because it is sort of the land of um, many different, many different genres, but, you know, to me, it is mo mostly an indie pop record. Yeah. I thought you were going to go land of the misfit toys. Yeah. Brandy Carla. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I look, it's a, it's a great album. Let, let, let's chat about a couple of the songs. So I just watched a, a live clip of you playing deluxe hotel room and you, you told the story behind that song. Remembering the rain, love will bloom like roses. Money dry up 
up just the same in a deluxe hotel room under someone else's name. Everything they told me, let it get into my head, can make them all wanna know me. If I do just as they said, trade it in my body, thinking I could make my bed in a deluxe hotel room, wishing I was home instead. Share a little little uh, uh, background of of where that that song came from. To be honest, I think it it came from a lot of different places, but um, I think everything kind of just came to a head in this one moment where I was on tour, and in, I think it was towards the end of the tour. I was in Toronto, and a venue put me up in a hotel room and you know I had like no money in my bank account and this hotel room was like a deluxe suite you know it was like insane like big king bed jacuzzi like the whole nine yards and they put a deposit on my credit card for like five hundred dollars and you know I could barely put gas in my car and um, sort of the irony of the whole situation just kind of hit me and I penciled out 80% of that song right th- then and there in my hotel room and I just kind of just I'd say there's so much that goes on um, in the music business and in the entertainment world in general that like everyone doesn't see and there's so much pain I think and work and growth that goes into it that you know it can be really hard and um i think for me especially as a woman like i have been put in really weird vulnerable situations so it's it's um it's a it's about lots of things <laughs> it's about just kind of the i'd say the the trials and tri- tribulations of pursuing a career that is a uh, you know fake it till you make it kind of thing and you know you always have to look more put together than you actually are and that's that's basically the irony of the hotel room that you know you have a hundred bucks in your bank account and you're staying in a hotel room that costs who knows what a night you know and the fact that you are singing that song where i totally feel that emotion of the heart on the sleeve type of sentiment um I think you nailed it. I think you you captured that uh, that beautifully. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, and going back to the the you know the successes and failures, um, let's go back to my conversation about uh, Delta Ray that you uh, you just got mm-hmm. off off tour. You you've been following their little little success story. Oh, it's amazing! It's so awesome. So for for the listeners, so Delta Ray decided. Um, to to go independent again. Um, they were on a major label. I guess they kind of felt like the major label wasn't 
promoting them well enough because they're kind of in that that group of we're not really sure if we're country but mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of a roots band as well and we harmonize and i don't i don't know if the label knew what to do with them yeah they, so they went independent and started a kickstarter to basically fund their next two records around that same time taylor swift's catalog got purchased by who who was it well they so taylor swift was on big machine so they owned the they owned the masters to her records and she couldn't buy them back basically i think that's what happened that's, maybe that's it cuz i i the recent news is taylor's going to she's going to record uh, yeah yeah She's going to take it back. Yeah. Um, so at that point, somehow all the Swifties got on board with Delta Ray. Um, all of the Delta Ray fans were were contributing to this Kickstarter. The Swifties got on board, started contributing to this Kickstarter. I think they were only asking for like, what, like 100000 to uh to really do the, the records right. And the last time I checked on their Kickstarter, I think they were over 300,000. Yeah. I mean, crazy. Like, they're going to be able to do some really awesome stuff with this, some cool videos. I mean, I'm I'm so excited for them because I've been following them for well over a decade. And this is just a really cool, cool story. Yeah, I think it's amazing. And um, if there's anything I can say about Delta Ray, like being on tour with them, is that they're probably the most hardworking band I've ever met in my life. Absolutely. They, they load in all their own gear and they have a whole big light rig. And every night they play like play their asses off and then you know, are probably done around midnight and then they load out all their gear till two or three in the morning. And then usually they drive half the way to the next city so that they can get there in time for their VIP meet and greet. (laughs) Like they're unbelievable. I was, I couldn't believe, um, and just how dedicated they are to their fans and they're so, they're so connected with their fans. And like, I, I am totally guilty of, uh, not being the, I feel like the best on social media, um, like if I don't feel like posting, I'm not going to post, but they connect with like everybody that reaches out to them. And I just think it's so cool. Like, and they care about every single one of their fans and it it just, it's, they're amazing. I think they're really cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a great success story. I'm, uh, well, and and the rest is to be to be written still. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been fun to watch. All right, enough about Delta Ray. Let's get back to you. <laughs> so, so um, one other question I have on on the record. So my favorite my favorite song on the record is "Talk to Myself."
So my question on that is I could, I could, now that I'm doing a podcast, sometimes I will, I will talk about certain songs um, in the mirror to make sure that I'm getting my diatribe correct. Now I'm not. Okay. Thank God it's not just me. No, it's not. It's not just you, Wayne. So I'm, I'm definitely guilty of talking to myself. So is the song about that or is it that you're never, you're never going to let the person catch you talking to yourself or should I just take it to both at both angles? Um, it's kind of like a tongue in cheek way of basically saying, I'm not gonna like, I feel like it can be, I feel like it is both, you know, in some ways, but it's more, it's more, um, a way I think of saying like, you know, I'm not going to give up on myself. You know, I'm not gonna, um, I, I, I just think when people think about like, you know, the, the typical kind of like way of, um, kind of losing it you know and the song that's what the song is about is like being close to like you know feeling like you're on you're about to have a mental break and that's you know that's somewhere that I've been and uh, um you know so for me it's more it's more like saying you know oh you know you're never going to hear me talk to myself it's like you're never going to hear me get to that point ever again you're not gonna you're not gonna um I'm not going to even let myself get there. Like I'm describing to you in the verses, like my mind's kind of wishy-washy and like I'm being unkind to myself and, you know, I'm not treating myself properly or whatever, but no matter what, you're not going to hear me give up. You're not going to see me give up on myself. That's, I feel like that's kind of, but it's also, it is a tongue in cheek way. Cause you know, like talking to yourself, you know, it's it's I feel like it's more something you do in private and not something in front of anybody. So it is kind of like a tongue in cheek way of saying right. it. Right. Anyways, that's that's the highlight for me on that record. So really, really dig well, it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. I'm looking at your bio. Your bio mentioned that you were influenced by Joni Mitchell. And we have a Joni. Mm-hmm. We have a Joni episode coming up. I can't remember. Did I tell you that you couldn't pick Joni? Because Yeah, because of that? Michelle told me that you guys I think it was blue you guys were doing right yes yeah I love that record great record so we're doing that with Liz Longley if you're familiar with Liz yeah oh I'm not but I will check it out (laughs) okay I'm writing it down Liz Longley yes so I was I was curious did you pick today's record because we told you you couldn't pick blue no I was actually hemming and hawing on a few different albums um i wanted it to i wanted it to relate to my album a little more directly like to me i'm just inspired by blue in general um but to me it doesn't sound much like my album but to me like just the way that this leonard cohen record is produced it's like so synth heavy and kind of like airy and spacious and i was like this is this is the one to pick, but I was also thinking about Lucinda Williams records and I'm trying to like, I'm trying to remember what I was like mulling over. I think maybe even um, a father John Misty record. (laughs) But yeah, like I think to me, it's just like, I wanted to pick something that uh, pretty kind of directly relates to the way I made this album. And you know, it's so funny because like, 
when you ask someone what their favorite song is and sometimes it's like for me it is hallelujah by leonard cohen but like you know or like what their favorite food is you know what i mean like it's yeah. kind of like it depends on the day it depends and sometimes even talking about making this record i'm sure there was stuff i was listening to at the time you know like charlotte day wilson for example r&b artist out of toronto i i think i was listening to her a ton at the time and it's pretty synth heavy and there's some like drum machines and it's pretty bassy so there's a lot of different things um but I don't think I would have picked blue anyways I think Michelle just told me I couldn't do it <laughs> because I think it is in my bio she's like you're not doing blue by the way <laughs> right right so you didn't pick Cohen just because he's Canadian no <laughs> okay all right that, that that was that was one of the questions all right um so going back to your bio, so you it, it does mention Sturgill uh, a few mm -hmm. times. So let me ask you a different type of Sturgill question, because he's been successful with reinterpreting some songs, making them his own, you know, like In Bloom. Um, mm -hmm. Great, great version of that. The Promise, When in Rome. So mm -hmm. what, what songs have you thought about covering where you would put the Lauren Gillis spin on them? There's a lot. Um, you know, I'm kind of trying to figure out what I want to do with my next project, but, um, have you ever heard the song Christ Jesus by Deer Tick? I'm, I'm familiar really with dark. Deer Tick. Yeah, I, I don't um, know if I'm familiar with that song, though. It's pretty, it's, it's like a kind of a dark, um, I don't know, it's, it's semi-religious, which maybe this is why I love Leonard Cohen so much, yeah. too. I talk but um, actually, I should open my notes in my phone because I probably I think I have a list. <laughs> but um, I have been covering "Nothing Compares to You" by Prince live. I think oh, I God. saw. Yes, I did see a YouTube clip of somebody posted that. Yeah, there's a a song by uh, Rufus Wainwright called "Going to a Town," and. Uh, Basically, it's kind of, it's about kind of, um, and I think he talks about America, but I think it's, pro I think it's just the world in general at this point, but uh, kind of just like the injustices and like how, uh, how kind of tired he is of like seeing things. And, and one of my favorite lines is, uh, do you really think you go to hell for having loved and I just, my whole concept for this next album and who knows, like, this is, this is the, I haven't even told this to like many people, but I'm thinking about writing kind of a non-religious gospel album. So that's why, uh, you know, these sort of like dark gospel sort of uh, weirdly religious, but anti-religious songs have been kind of, steeping in my head and uh in sort of the back of my mind as far as covers but i i don't know i've never i've never really thought about putting a, a cover on a record but it's funny because i think i'm probably going to going forward so yeah we'll see <laughs> okay all right um so canadian band topics so i just watched a documentary a couple weeks ago about um tragically hip you tragically hip fan i would say i'm a fan of certain songs 
but I think it's undeniable um, the cultural and social impact that the tragedy hit had on Canada. And uh, Gordani was just such a a beautiful person and did so much for um, some really good causes in within Canada and within music. And uh, I think it's undeniable that the kind of impact they had on Canada, but am I a diehard hip fan? No. <laughs> so, so that last, that last show that they performed, were you one of the ones that, uh, you know, had a watch party for it? And cause like half of Canada were like three fourths of Canada basically shut down that, that night. Right. Yeah. Like it was broadcast and I, I actually, I mean, I went to probably 20 hip uh, tribute shows and I think pretty much every um, show that I was involved in you know a lot of the a lot of the bands were covering hip songs and I think it's uh like I said it's just it was it's really sad but it's also just like it's it's amazing kind of the impact that Gord Downey and the hip had um, on Canada and I don't think there's been many bands in Canada um, before since then that have had that kind of um, impact. How how great a song is Bob Cajun? That's, yeah, it's amazing. It's <sighs> so, so good. Love it's that. so good. Love that song. One of my, like, close friends, um, you should check out her music, but she's an artist from Calgary, and she's probably the biggest hip fan that I know. A lot of my friends are huge, huge hip fans. I think it's just, like, you know, I, I didn't really, it wasn't ever really my thing, but it's like all of my song, my friends sing their songs. And when I hear, when I hear them sung, it's like, oh, there's, it, this is so undeniably good. You know, yeah. it's kind of like, it's like people that even Leonard Cohen, you know, it's kind of like, I feel like there's so many songs that they probably wouldn't have, like people wouldn't have heard them had they not been covered, but it's kind of like, you know, it, everyone appreciates different things and yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I think uh, it is undeniable how, how great they were and how, uh, how good of writers they were as well. Yeah. To get back to how you became the, the first Canadian uh, person <laughs> on our, our show. So we were going to have Tyler from said the well on. Oh, cool. So they're coming on in October, or Tyler is coming on in October, and I'm I'm in love with the band, which is why I invited Tyler to come on. It's going to be a good show because he he picked a Shins record, so we're oh gonna, awesome yeah we're 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 gonna have a good time. Um, which Shins record? I'm curious. Uh, Shoots too narrow. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, so good so. I've already started some notes because again, we were supposed to have him on a couple of weeks ago. And one of the questions that I put in there was, how are you not popular in America? Like I, I don't, and this is kind of the question that I've got for tragically hip is after watching that, that uh, documentary. I mean, I went back, I was familiar with little bones, but let me tell you the reason why I was familiar with little bones is because I dated a girl from Edmonton back in 92. <laughs> wow. So, um, and Wayne, I don't know if Wendy had uh, introduced you to Tragically Hip while we were dating. No, and I, I've, 
I've always been amazed at how they're not popular in America because it's, I mean, it's not like there is, there's no invisible, you know, there's no wall that keeps them right. out. I mean, it's, it's just odd to me because I, I don't know what I was doing a couple of years back. I went on this tangent where I was trying to list a bunch of, you know, Canadian, I was trying to look up some Canadian records and I was amazed to find bands like Sloan and Blue Rodeo oh, yeah, and I love The Tragically that. Hip that I had never heard of. I, they're, they sell millions of records in Canada and I'm, I'm what, 150 miles from Canada and I never, ever heard of them. It, it is kind of wild, but it, I think it's hard for Canadian bands to, you know, to get into the States and to um, kind of break out of the Canadian mold a little bit. And when I say Canadian mold, that doesn't mean anything except for that. It's really expensive to cross the border. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, um, it's just uh, kind of, I feel like it's the reality that like, you know, and, and also if, if it's working in one place and it's, you know, and you're doing so well, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, you take your fans, they are, and um, and keep them happy. So it makes it, it is it is really funny that so many bands from Canada are huge in Canada, but not in the states. But it's really common, I think. Yeah. So let let's see how well both of you know your Canadian bands. So. Uh oh. Yeah, I didn't tell Wayne about <laughs> about this ahead of time. I just said I'm going to do something different. And oh. so, so so here we go. I'm going to throw out a bunch <laughs> of bands and you guys answer whether it's American or Canadian. Okay. So Lauren, you're going to go first. You ready? Yes, I'm nervous. <laughs> Glass Tiger. Oh, she's too young for that. <laughs> I'm I'm just going to say Canadian for fun. <laughs> it's Canadian. It's Okay. No, you don't know Glass Tiger? Don't forget me when I'm gone. Yeah, the oh, only yeah. reason that, and to know they're Canada, they're Canadian. They got Brian Adams to sing on their exactly. best known song. Exactly. So oh, okay. He's, he's the, he's yeah. the Bruce Springsteen of Canada. Yes. Okay, here we go. Wayne, you ready? Yeah. Keeping on the Tiger theme, Tiger Army. I thought they were American. <laughs> they are American. They're from LA. Okay. All right. <laughs> Lauren, Tiger's Jaw. Never heard of them. Give me a guess. Uh, but for for fun, American. <laughs> yes, they're from Scranton. I just picked them because oh. they're from Scranton. Who doesn't like things okay. from Scranton, you know? <laughs> All right. Uh, Wayne, Skinny Puppy. American. They are Canadian. Ah, you know what? I, they're like punk, right? Yeah. I know I've heard them. Yeah. I've, I've actually heard stuff. I thought you were trying to trick me. I, I was. Uh, <laughs> all right. Lauren, walk off the earth. They're Canadian. Yes. Wayne, new pornographers. Oh, they're Canadian. Lauren. That's new... kind of a trick question because. On well, Nico Case isn't. But... I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, got, I got another trick question coming up here. Oh, oh no. Uh, this is not it, though. So. Okay. New radicals. Um, Since we just said new pornographers, so new radicals. I'm gonna say American. American. Wayne, 
Crash test dummies. Oh, Canadian. Lauren, Our Lady Peace. Canadian. Wayne, Our Lady Marmalade. <laughs> uh, that's an awesome name. Uh, uh, I, Canadian. I'm just going to give him credit for that no, awesome I, name. I just made that one up. <laughs> but if anybody <laughs> wants to use that as their band name, I now have it trademarked. All right. I think you, I think you have to do only, it has to be a Patti LaBelle tribute band, I think. Patti LaBelle yeah. and Our Lady Peace. <laughs> so, all right. Um, Lauren, here we go. Feist. Canadian. Wayne, broken social scene. Canadian. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, broken bells. American. Yes, that's the guy from Shins with Danger Mouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew it was I, like that, I like that. I like that record. Yeah. Um, the ghost inside. Yes. All right, Wayne. Metric. Canadian. Lauren. Dewey Decibel. Since we're talking about metric, uh, I, I just thought I would, you know, throw something that's somewhat. I'm gonna familiar. say American. Yeah, he's a rapper from Pennsylvania. Okay. <laughs> All right, Wayne. <laughs> Red Velvet. Canadian. South Korean. Oh, that one was close. <laughs> uh, Red Rider. That's for Lauren. Oh, American. Oh. No, that's Canadian. I'm, Tom Cochran. Uh, Tom Cochran. Oh, right, right. All right, Wayne, Colin James. Colin James? Yes. Canadian. Yes. I knew that one. Lauren Colin Hay. <laughs> mm, American? No, Australian. He's actually Australian. That's the dude from oh. uh, Men at Work. Men at Work. Oh. Again, we're showing our age, Wayne. <laughs> way, <More>. way <laughs> showing our age. God, More. I'm waiting for you to say Triumph and uh, April Wine. Oh, those are too easy. Come on, those are too easy. <laughs> I yeah, Rush. I know, but <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Wayne, pursuit of happiness. I, I always thought they were an American band. They're Canadian. I, I, well, there you go. Mm. All right. It used to be easier to cross over, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run through a couple '80s bands here. So Lauren, you may or may not get those because <laughs> you know you're a lot younger than us. Uh, Black. <laughs> Platinum Blonde. Very Canadian. The Canadian Duran Duran. Yes. All right. Uh, Honeymoon Suite. Very Canadian also. Yes. Alda Nova. <laughs> Very Canadian. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Trues. Canadian. Yes. Very underappreciated band. I love them. Um, yeah, they're off. All right. Default. Uh, I think they're Canadian. They are. Um, here's a trick one for you, Lauren. Well, it's not yeah. really a trick one, but I think once you once you say once I say who they are, you're probably going to say, "Could they please be American?" Uh, Nickelback. <laughs> they're from they're from Alberta. They're local. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, Martha and the Muffins. Hmm. Um, I'm wondering if it's Martha Wainwright. No. 
Martha and the Muffins is like 80s. Canadian? Yes, they are Canadian. Okay. Uh, Martha Wainwright. Canadian. <laughs> I will take either one because... Yeah, I guess they're half-half. Yeah, so Loudon is American and her mom, yes. I guess, is a folk singer from Canada as well. Yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, Strumbellas. Canadian. Yes. All right, last one. Leonard Cohen. <laughs> okay. All right. I thought your trick question would be the band. Uh, yeah. Nah, yeah, that would have been a good trick question. Yeah. But I didn't go there. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> all right. One last question. We throw this out to all of our guests, and then we'll jump into Leonard Cohen. So you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Toto's Africa, good or bad song? Amazing song. You're one of my favorite guests now, Lauren. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. We'll uh, we'll we'll encourage to swear. Yeah, we're yeah. Okay. Wayne encourages people to swear. Um, we we do the 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 clown car horn for okay, F-bombs, but okay. you know. Let it fly for anything else. There you go. Okay. All right. Uh, I think we've already talked a little bit about why you picked Cohen. So let me give a little little bio info on the record. So various positions. This is his seventh studio record. This was released, what, 1984? Um, and this, it had been a couple of years since he had put out a record. And one of the things that a lot of people recognized was they're like, the songs don't sound like Suzanne or So Long Marianne. Mm-hmm. And he indicated, so one of the one of the articles that I read, he said, my voice has gotten very, very deep over the years and seems even to be deepening. Um, I thought it was because of 50,000 cigarettes and several swimming pools of whiskey <laughs> that my voice had gotten low. But I gave up smoking a couple of years ago, and it's still getting deeper. My voice really started to change around 1982, and it started to deepen, and I started to cop to the fact that it was deepening. So you just kind of went with it, and so yeah, that's where you got the kind of the – I kind of view it as kind of the, the, the second half of his career because the first yeah. half is really very singer-songwriter, and then second half is just like – I'm just going to do this croon thing and do whatever the hell I want. Is that, yeah. Is that pretty, pretty valid? I'd say so. Um, so the use of the synthesizers and this new voice um, would uh, mark kind of this new beginning. Um, we'll talk about a little bit of the personnel. Jennifer Warns is all over this record. We'll chat about her coming mm-hmm. up. And uh, why don't we get, going on the track by track so as a reminder our scoring is based on the number of songs on the record wayne how many songs on this record only nine so that means top song is going to get nine points next favorite song eight on down to our lowest score of one here's our first song this is dance me to the end of love oh let me see your beauty when the witnesses are gone let me feel the moving like they do in Babylon Show me slowly what I only know the limits of oh, dancing to the end of 
I'm familiar with this song because of the Civil Wars cover. Do you know that mm -hmm. that, that version? I think I've heard it, yeah. Um, you ever thought about doing this song as a duet with uh, a male vocalist to to kind of take that uh, in that direction? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So the the first comments that I've got here on this record. So I'm just going to get us started. So with the with the la la's and the backing vocals, kind of reminded me of like the Lawrence Welk singers. And I can see my parents totally digging this song. Um, what do you guys think about the 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 background singers that's all over this record? I didn't think it worked. I, I mean, I uh, I thought you were gonna go. You, when you said you had something special planned, I just want to say this. I thought you were gonna because he's he's one of those guys that's almost moaned more for the covers that people do of his songs. I thought you were going to ask me about who I would want to cover this or maybe both of us. So on each one of these, I came up with somebody that I would like to hear do each one of these songs. Okay. Uh, so, cool. and this one, this, the, a love affair or your, you know, your marriage or your relationship with a person as a dance has been done many times, but I would say lyrically, this is as, as well as it's ever been done, but musically, it, it reminded me of Fiddler on the Roof. Oh my God, of, that's what I was going to say. A lot of La Hava going on in here. And so for that, um, I gave it a lower score, but I totally could hear Frank Sinatra, if they jazzed this up and brought the piano from the next song back into this song, I could just see Frank knocking this out. Totally. I think originally this song was at the bottom of my list, like score-wise just because of the way it's produced. But I think lyrically, it's really beautiful. And uh, I think if you took, you know, the Fiddler on the Roof backup vocals out of it, <laughs> it'd be kind of like a really sexy, really cool song, you know? So I think I bumped it back up a little bit because I was like, oh, I actually really love the lyrics. So <laughs> it's, it's interesting, like doing this podcast, it, it's, it's made me think about because I think there's songs that I always skip over on this record and this was one of them but I was like actually this song is kind of cool <laughs> yeah there's there's a couple songs that grew on me as uh, as I listened um yeah because I usually listen to records four or five times before I even put my scores down so um I had the benefit of being introduced to this because I'm a huge Civil Wars guy and mm -hmm. so I already knew it and loved the lyrics of it and just there's a there's a passion to this song um so if, yeah. you, haven't, if you haven't heard the civil wars version i guarantee that you're going to fall in love with it if you if you hear it so um i would say the production for me i got i got two two comments about the production a one of the things that i say on multiple episodes wayne is you got to come strong with the very first song and I don't know if this is one of those. Uh, you know, Lauren, you even said, I sometimes I skip over this. Um, yeah. That's not the way to start out a record. <laughs> yeah. um, the second thing is, is I was like, man, this really sounds like, like a keyboard that me and my friends would goof around with back in the 80s. And guess what? Um, he composed this on a Casio keyboard. 
And, yeah. and that's the Casio that you're hearing in the background. Um, yeah. he, he discovered the Casio keyboard. He realized that um, I, can, I can do the drum loops here. I've basically got a band put together right here in this keyboard and I'm just going to go with it. And, and this entire record, essentially, I think there's a couple, the, the next song written on a piano, but for the most part, written on the Casio. Yeah. Find that pretty cool. Find that pretty, pretty interesting. All right. We ready to do some scores? Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, let's, let's start with Lauren. What you got for a score? Okay. I gave this one a five originally because I liked lyrics, but I'm going to bump it down. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to swap it with uh, a two. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Leonard. <laughs> and then Wayne. I, and I gave it a four, but also it's it's because uh, one thing on this is you were saying come out of the gate strong. I don't know because the one thing I notice is all this this record is about the words. It's about the the lyrics, and so it's almost it felt like he he the music was all over the place. I don't know if you know you know I've sometimes uh, made comments about bands that kind of knock off themselves. And he, he's, he, it's almost every song is musically so different, like just to point out or highlight that it's not the music that is, is, is key to this. Right. It's the words, but I, and I did love the words, like reading it, uh, yeah. is what brought the score up to, to a four. Yep. All right. And I'm giving it a five. All right, let's move on. Next song is coming back to you. There are many in your life. And many still to be Since you are a shining light There's many that you'll see But I have to deal with envy When you choose the precious few Who've left their pride on the other side Anyone else super happy that they heard a real piano in this track? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's so beautiful. Yeah. All right. So, Lauren, get us started because I know what your score is. Well, I, I love the way, I love the, the simple production, the piano. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm a piano player. So, I think just the way this song, um, you know, I think actually, you know, listening from top to bottom on this record, it's like, such a breath of fresh air <laughs> after the first song yeah but also i think it's i think everyone's been in a situation or some sort of you know relationship where they've been longing for someone that they're no longer with and i think i've never heard a song that describes it more perfectly and i think my favorite line was that uh that, that line i look for you and everyone and they called me on that too and it's just mm -hmm. I lived alone, but I was only coming back to you. It's it's just it's in any situation you're you know like if you're longing for an ex and you're going on dates with other other people and you know it's that situation where all you're doing is talking about your ex or something and I was like that is just such a brilliant line and it, it it's just uh, to me the song is just so perfect and um, there's a lot of I think there's a few 
perfect song on this album and i think this is one of them so it was i it, it was kind of in between this and another song for kind of the second place ranking so right. i'm a i'm a big fan of this one yeah the lyrics in this are just great i mean it's it's one of those <laughs> i'm never going to quite live up to my love's expectations and mm -hmm. you've ever been in a relationship like that y yeah um so the 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 line that got me was even in your arms i know i'll never get it right even mm. when you bend to give me comfort in the night i've got to have your word on this or none of it's true and all i've said was just instead of coming back to you i mean uh, kill me and that's uh, the end of the yeah. song too right <laughs> Like what a perfect ending. It's oh my god. Just beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Wayne, anything? Um, yeah, and lyrically it it's so and it, I think this is another one of those songs that like we talked about at some point where it's it almost can seem religious. But yeah. it's but it uh, and that in and of it he does that obviously at least two other times that I recall on here this much and it's it's really really makes you think like I know that he's first and foremost he was a poet and a writer and so I'm I wish I'd had more time to to go into this because it, it really is in depth and you can really kind of look at it all these different ways um, and it is beautiful and this musically is what I wanted for uh, dance me to the end of love I think I think that would have sounded really cool with the piano and and uh, mm -hmm. and on this one because it has a steel guitar in the in the beginning, I thought, you know who would do it? Because it has a kind of a boom, boom. I thought Johnny Cash. And then I thought, well, John, if I'm going to go Johnny Cash, I'm going to go Social Distortion. Yep. <laughs> I'd love to hear them cover this. Speed it up a little bit. Punk rock it. Cool. Punk punk. All right. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm down for that. All right. Uh, let's get some scores. So, Wayne? A six. And then Lauren? Seven. And uh, I'm also giving a six on this. Leads us to the next song. Here's The Law. Now my heart's like a blister From doing what I do If the moon has a sister It's got to be you I'm gonna miss you forever and uh wayne get us started on the law this is like i've talked about before when you listen to an album that you've never heard and you find something that you you know that's been out there since 1984 that you didn't even know was there this song is uh it's a i love this song and musically this is my favorite song the bass in it is real heavy and then there's the synthesizer he has this real cool synthesizer riff it goes up into like what he does, what would be considered the chorus. Um, but just the whole theme of this song is like almost like a criminal. Um, but the 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 law, you know, there's a law, an arm, a hand. It's like there's rules and you're going to be found and punished if you break them. And and he you could put that across any number of social or personal events in your life it would but his hypnotic voice and this one the background singer the uh jennifer warrens is 
is awesome. Like it's just perfectly <laughs> everything about the song musically is just just amazing. And like I say, and then I love, I absolutely love the lyrics and the whole you know theme of this, like this man, this criminal who's on the other side of the law. And I think one of my favorite lines was uh. Uh, what was it about being guilty? But I'm not, you know, I'm not, I th I'm nothing as grand as that. Yeah. Uh, like to put a label on it. It was just, uh, just a super cool way uh, to do the, to do a song that just like the other ones, it could be put across any number of themes, but it just, and it just sounded just cool. I get a, everybody knows vibe to this song. I, I it, to oh. me, it didn't sound like anything I had ever heard before. I was, I just loved it. Yeah. And I, right. I mean, the, you don't just ask for mercy while you're still sitting on the stand. Like, that's just what that was. That's cool. That was a great line. Lauren, how about you? What, what do you like about this song? I, do, I love the way it's produced. Like, that, it's kind of like that, like, earthy heartbeat bass that, you know, it's like it immediately like spikes your curiosity. It's perfect for kind of uh, what the song is thematically. And like, it reminds me of, you know, kind of like Nick Cave or, you know, something that it's just like setting this scene. And, and, uh, and yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's just uh, the perfect way of producing the song for the lyrics. And it's, it's, it's like the, the music was written like a poem too, almost, you know? Like, and that's what that's what I love about this whole record. It it, it is very much like I, I feel like a lot of it is like what he, what Leonard Cohen is so good at is like understanding what the words need and like how to set that mood. You know, it's it's really cool. Yeah, even the lines like now the deal has been dirty since dirty began. Like, and with that like kind of like thumping bass, it's just like oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know it's it's pretty cool yeah i feel bad about my score i gave it a four um because oh. i just could i just couldn't <laughs> i could be ashamed of yourself i know i i probably will be um now that you guys are describing it a little bit better because my notes are i don't really completely understand who the law is who the hand is who the arm is and wayne yeah you, you explained you explained it a little bit. It could be any variations. And I guess I was trying to go literal, trying to figure out what exactly is the defining arm and hand of this. And yeah, that's that's my fault. And this also, because it had a very kind of a James Bond theme feel to it. And it made mm. me think of uh, Dame Shirley uh, Bassey or even uh, 90s singer uh, Poe, because she had a real kind of hypnotic, creepy kind of uh, uh, of a way of doing things that I think would have worked well on this. I was in a cover of this. You know, it would be cool. Portishead doing this song. <laughs> yeah, I could hear that. That'd be cool. All right. Enough, enough with the covers. Um, all right, Wayne, <laughs> your, your, uh, your score. I gave it an eight. Okay. And then Lauren. Six. All right. Moves on to last song of side a, this is night comes on. And I wondered how long she would stay I needed so much to have nothing to touch I've always been greedy that way But my son and my daughter climbed out of the water Crying, Papa, you promised to play And they lead me away 
to the great surprise. It's Papa, don't peek. Papa, cover your eyes. And they hide. They hide in the world. And um, I did a little interwebs research on this one. Somebody had posted in the Leonard Cohen forum about it because this was one of those. I'm not completely sure what the the meaning of the song is. And they said this is a song that progresses through all degrees of Cohen's life. Starts with his mother who died in 78. And in next year, her absence was very strong in Leonard's life. So recent songs was made for her. Um, and then in the second verse, he mentions Egypt and he was in the Sinai war in 1973. And then his late father who died of injuries when Leonard was a kid and his absence was the main force, which built Cohen's personality. Again, this is take this for what it's worth. I mean, this is the interwebs here. Yeah. Um, and he said, everybody who reads Leonard's biography heard that his father left him books and a gun. He once said that gun was his only safety in life. And it was also taken away. The thief had stole it from his mother's house in Montreal after she died. And that's the very gun to which Joni Mitchell refers to in her song about Leonard. So, all right. So I listened to it after hearing this. And it totally bumped up because I could understand a little bit of the meaning, a little bit mm-hmm. of that, that personal personal side of things, because I had no idea what he was talking about in most of these verses until I read that. And I tried to stay away from song meanings, especially I, I tried to normally, but I definitely tried to in this case, because um, that makes total sense for some of the references. But I, when I, I looked at it, I mean, just almost you could look at it as anybody's life. I mean, your mother, you have to leave your mother, whether she passes or whether she, you just go out on your own. Um, and, you know, that that the shawl to keep you warm, like she'll always love you and she'll always be there. And then your father, I just thought, even though it is could be literal because his father gave him a gun and books, but how, I mean, that's what your dad does. He teaches you about the world and how rough it is and how don't, you know, don't trust anybody and, and you know, watch yourself and here's a gun and here's, you know, books to teach yourself and then then the part where he's you know he's has his own family and and i thought i like the line about i turn to religion because in a lot of cases you'll a man will pick up some try to clean himself up and for a woman and gets married and he has these kids and then he has to let these kids go out into the world where that that whole hide and seek thing where it where they go and hide out in the world was extremely powerful and then death comes for you i mean what was the line is, uh, when will she summon me? When will she come for me? Uh, what must I do to prepare? I mean, it's like, it could be anybody's life from, that's what I loved about it. Maybe it is specifically specific to him, but he made it so broad and so vivid for me. Yeah, I was waiting for the Wayne lengthy analysis. <laughs> so there, there's there's first one of the night. All right. Um, how about you, Lauren? What What do you got on this song? Yeah, I mean, I I love this one. Um, it, it just it, it feels like little chapters. Like I think it's kind of you know it 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 starts as a child, and then I also love the way it ends because you know it kind of I feel like the the first four verses are kind of existential, and then it just goes to this like that cat's 
curled asleep in the chair and I'm going to go down to the bar and see if my friends are there. And then, you know, we'll, we'll just see what happens in life from now on kind of thing. You know, it's like, I want to, you know, it, 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 it's a cool way of ending it. And it's, um, what's cool is it, it makes it, it makes it kind of, uh, relatable and it makes it, uh, I mean, I think the whole song is, but I think it, it's, um, it's kind of this like perfect bookend to the song. And I think it's, it's a really cool way of doing it. Yeah. And he's saying, I want to cross over. I want to go home. And she says, Nope, go back, go back to the world. Yeah. 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 It's cool. It's really, it's really cool. Yeah. I dig this song. Uh, I gave it a seven. How about you, Wayne? I also gave it a seven. And then Lauren? I gave this one a five. All right. Let's flip the record over. Here's Hallelujah. The fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift, the baffled king composing Hallelujah. Everybody knows the song, right? Is this uh, <laughs> yeah. is this is this Cohen's greatest greatest song? I I think it is. I think it's maybe one of the best songs. I mean, this is one of those songs that proves yeah. that it's really tough. To I've never heard a bad version of this, um, and it feels like one of those songs. It's so good, it, you'd have to really try hard to mess it up. Anyone besides me a Malcolm Gladwell fan? I've only heard you reference him. I don't know. Yeah. So, so revisionist history. There's an episode about this song, and he also okay. talks about an Elvis Costello song, and he talks about the evolution of music because I think everybody is more familiar with probably Jeff Buckley's version of this, and yeah, and Buckley's version isn't really even Cohen's version. He he basically took John Cale's version of this. Cale did a version of this for the Cohen tribute album, I'm Your Fan. And he kind of did it a little bit of a different angle on this. Not super different, but still different. And then from that version, Buckley took the song and made it into really the version that I think that everybody in the last 20 years is familiar with. And it was just a, it's an interesting episode. Not that Malcolm needs any, you know, promotion from me because he's he's doing all right for himself on his podcast. Um, but uh, I, such a great song. Like, I, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know how to 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 talk about this song in terms of. Except. Such a great song. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, it's we starting to sound silly but yeah i agree with you it's it's uh i mean musically it sounds it sounds like a hymn and all of the religious you know overtones mm -hmm. and just but the i mean it to me it came off as a you're di uh, you're disappointing somebody and 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 at the end of the day you're just hallelujah it's over or hallelujah it's great or how you know that line about uh 
David played a a chord that pleased the Lord, but you're not much on music, are you? Just like I, this, yeah. this line impressed God, but it still doesn't impress you, but that doesn't impress you. Like, what do I got to do? Right. Yes. Uh, it just phenomenal. Yeah. You guys familiar uh, with how many verses he actually wrote for this song originally? I had heard something ridiculous. Like 80, 80 <laughs> oh different verses. Um, and, uh, so yeah, he ended up, of course, uh, scaling that down a little bit for this <laughs> song. So, all right, Lauren, have you performed this live? Yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite song of all time. So I, 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 this was the first song I ever played live, I think. Okay. Uh, at a coffee shop when I was 15. I'm and I'm when I say play live, I mean um, I played piano and sang at the same time in front of other people. <laughs> right. Um, this was basically one of the first songs I ever learned on the piano, as far as um, learning music to sing to, and um, I think I think growing up. Catholic I always appreciate when there's these religious undertones in music and because I do think the Bible is a beautiful book and I think it has like some you know amazing stories to draw from and it's just I don't know it's I think it's one of the smartest songs but also one of the most uh, beautiful and relatable songs and I think that's like a lot of Leonard Cohen's music it's like the poetry is so so um intense and so uh smart but it's also in a way that anyone could feel it and i think that's the beauty of this song is that like it's such a a song of feeling and it's such an emotive song that like i think it could make any anybody um feel something and yeah, I don't know. I think it's the perfect song. I think it's just the most beautiful thing in the world. <laughs> Dude, do I even need to collect scores for this one? <laughs> I, yeah. I, don't, I don't believe it's necessary. No, not necessary yeah. at all. Um, so, yeah, I think we've nailed down what our favorite song in this record is. Yeah. Do, do we even need to talk about the other four songs? <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I was I was doing a, a a Leonard Cohen tribute right after he passed away. And one, there was a bunch of different artists. There were a bunch of different artists in Edmonton that uh, that covered his music, but we all agreed that no one was allowed to cover Hallelujah, so we all sang it at the end together. There you go. Yeah. What uh, what what song did you end up doing? If it be your will. <sighs> okay. We're gonna we're gonna chat about that here in a couple moments. Yeah. That's that's one that I love to cover and. Uh, maybe we'll cover it at some point in my life. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, next song is The Captain. I risk my life but not to hear some country western song Ah, but if you cannot raise your love to a very high degree then you're just the man I've been thinking of so come and stand with me your standing days are done I cried you'll rally me no more 
I'm just going to throw this out there. My least favorite song. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, and I, and I don't know if I feel bad about it, but it's like, you're, you're just off of this high of just this fantastic song. Hallelujah. And keep in mind for sequencing for the original, you know, uh, record or tape or whatever it was in 1984, Hallelujah was the lead track for side B. So you're going from Hallelujah to this. Just I, for me, I just didn't feel like it was a good follow-up song after Hallelujah. Or or would any song after Hallelujah just had would have you know fallen miserably? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Do we do we want to do we even want to talk about Oh, I didn't give it. It wasn't my lowest score. I did. I did notice that there was a drop off after Hallelujah, uh, but I, at the end, I, I, I guess I liked because uh, once like I said earlier, he's he's kind of all over musically. Just in my and for my feeling is to to show that it's about the words. Not we can we can put this to anything is almost what it felt like because this has like a country swing thing that comes out of nowhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I guess because I, I know he was he's a poet uh, and I'm looking at it and trying to find something deeper in it. And so it, it kind of felt like the old generation handing off, the, you know, to the younger generation. Here's here's the silver bars. You're in charge of this shit show. <laughs> Good luck, kid. It doesn't matter where you stand. You're yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. Great Wayne summation right there. All right. Yeah. Well, and the best line is, uh, which is very deep and poignant, is what makes a soldier sad makes a killer smile. I thought that was mm. incredible. That, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how he fit that in there because it seemed to come out of nowhere, but it that was the most powerful line of the song. I almost, yeah. I almost feel bad about my one now. Almost. <laughs> I I gave it a one too. So. Yeah. All right. I, I gave it a three. Okay. All right. Moving on. Hunter's Lullaby. Your father's gonna hunt him For the beast he'll never bite And he leaves a baby sleeping And his blessings all behind Your father's gonna hunt him and he's lost his lucky child And he's lost the guardian heart That keeps the hunter from the harm Your father's gonna hunt him yes. And uh, collectively I'm looking at scores Not one of our favorites either <laughs> Um, and, no. and somebody bail me out on this song because I just realized I didn't add any notes to this song. So, well, this is a unbel- I mean, I get that lullaby is in the title, and lullaby is a song you sing to a kid to keep to get him to sleep. Uh, and for that, he does a perfect job because this thing goes so slow <laughs> and monotonous. I started to nod off when I was listening to it. Um, and that's and that's, I mean, but once again, you read the lyrics and you listen to the story, and this 
this mom has to tell this kid that their their father ran off. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he does it be- beautifully, but at the, but but I couldn't. I he just I just wanted. I just was stamping my hand like pick it up. Like I'd love to hear John Prine do it because I know he would mm. he he would get this thing the tempo on this thing pushed up a little little quicker. Yeah, yeah. that would be cool. That would be cool. Lauren, what do yeah, you got on this not, one? It's not my favorite. Um, and it I feel like I'm a hypocrite because a lot of my songs are so down tempo that I'm like, <laughs> I probably shouldn't be criticizing anybody for having down tempo music, but it is a little monotonous. I think it's just kind of, um, it's funny. I think just like back to back, you know, between the captain and this one, it doesn't not, it. These are the ones that like, I kind of skip over, which is, um, Usually it's not the way I like to listen to to albums, but it's it it to me like it's still this album still has kind of this like this sort of sweeping energy. But I think the thing is is that not to go back to the captain, but the captain is the only one that really kind of takes it out of there. It's also the the backup vocals on that song, but um. To me, I, one positive thing I will say about Hunter's Lullaby is that I think it it brings it it brings it back into that energy. It brings it back into that kind of like that that uh, various position space that I think uh, you we we wanted to be existing in in the first place. Yeah. All right. Let's get some scores on this. So I already gave you my one. You, Lauren, you said it was your lowest as well. No, the captain was my lowest. This was oh, that's right. Uh, this was um, a three. I'm looking at the wrong scores. Um, sorry, um, <laughs> Wayne. This was your lowest score. Yes, absolutely, my okay. least favorite. Okay, this this was my two, and Lauren, you said three. Yeah. Okay, so collectively, not one of our favorites. Um, <laughs> all right, heart with no companions is next. It will reach you everywhere. And I sing this for the captain Whose ship has not been built For the mother in confusion Her cradle still unfilled For the heart with no I love some of the lyrics on this one for the heart with no companion for the soul without a king for the prima ballerina who cannot dance to anything. What a great, what a great set of lyrics. Um, What knocked it down for me. I didn't like the violin in this one. And Wayne, Hmm. there was a recent episode where you talked about a high violin that you just couldn't get past. So you knocked the score down because of that. And now I'm totally recognizing violins in the last several episodes because of you bringing that up. <laughs> so I kind of I kind of hate you for that right now. But um, yeah, I knocked I knocked it down just a little bit because I just I didn't feel like the violin 
worked very well for for me in this one but anyways um what do you guys have on this song well i think i think originally it wasn't my favorite and then today you know i was listening to the album all day kind of just to keep my mind fresh and I was listening through the lyrics a little uh, more in depth and I'm like, Oh, I actually really, really, really love this. And um, I think maybe I was, I just blocked some stuff out before, but, um, but yeah, I changed, this is, I'm switching the scores on this one and dancing to the end of love. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think, it, it is it is so so beautiful and uh even just the the title in general heart with no companion mm-hmm. it's uh i think it it just sounds so relatable and so uh lonely and sad but kind of beautiful at the same time is that is that why he put the violin in there because that's kind of a a sad instrument at times do you think that well, that's the production if of you it? Call, if you call it a fiddle, it's all exciting and happy. Yeah. Uh, I told you that was the difference. Uh, I feel like cello's the sad one, you know? Oh, yeah, there you <laughs> go. I don't think you can. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't, you can't not be sad with a cello up. playing. Yeah, you can't do it. Um, and I like this. This was another one. That, and the score doesn't reflect how much I liked it, especially lyrically. But this mm-hmm. one had a more a more traditional folk uh kind of mute sonically it was much more traditional folk it seemed totally. like with the, with, and then i uh i noticed that he referenced the captain and the mother yes. which i felt like was from the two previous songs but just the idea you know that you have to have something to believe in or something it's you can't it can't just be you like the heart with no companion is is not complete um, totally was, so i gave it a two but i i really don't feel comfortable with that Every episode we... my original, so yeah. now it's a four. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And I'm I'm giving it a three. Every episode there's at least one song that you and I, Wayne, go, Yeah, I really don't like my score on this one. So <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. This is If It Be Your Will. If it be your will that I speak no more. My voice be still as it was before. I will speak no more, I shall abide until. And my notes here, Lauren, you'll appreciate this. I said, Lauren, if you were asked to be on a Leonard Cohen tribute album, would you pick this song? <laughs> That's so funny. So, That's crazy. There you go. Um, yeah. There's some really good covers of this that are out there. Um, Anthony, the guy who yeah, sang the Oscar. Yeah, so good. Oh, my gosh. I had, yeah. never, I had never heard his version of it uh he's the guy who got uh, nominated a few years ago for a song called manta ray um mm-hmm. does a fantastic cover and jennifer warren's version yeah kills me um, yeah. and i'll i'll talk about that as i wrap everything up here in just a just a moment so um 
What do you guys have for for if it be your will? Lauren, let's start with you. Uh, well, this is one of my favorite songs of all time. I like, you know, and I think Hallelujah. Had Hallelujah been on a different record, this would have been my top score. Uh, and I was even thinking about making it my top score, but I think, um. I feel like this song is just for everybody. It's uh it's I I, I love I love every single every single lyric in this song and to me it's just like it's it's heartbreaking and it's um it's so human like you know draw us near bind us tight all your children here in their rags of light all dressed to kill and end this night if it be your will. And it's just you know it's it reminds me of a hymn. It reminds me of believing in something bigger than yourself, but it reminds me of connecting to people and being, you know, kind of um, desperate to have a voice and um, yeah. And, you know, also take time to sit still and be silent. And yeah, I don't know. I, to me, it's, this is one of the most beautiful songs ever written as well. Wayne, what you got? Yeah, it's so peaceful and <laughs> it just it like I say very hymn hymnal and uh and like I say it 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 really can fly. It took me a little I had to listen to it a couple times. I don't think the first time I listened through it I, I don't I didn't really I don't know pay much attention. And as I listened to it more, and this is another one of those great examples of it's it seems it can seem literally religious, like he's talking to God and yeah. you know. And then if you kind of step back and look at it in a bigger picture, it could be it could be a woman like you control what happens next. That whole helplessness, like you're at the you're at the mercy of someone else. It's what you know, if it be your will, not my will. It's like I am completely. I, I'm, I have no power in this situation. I just, you know. Watching someone die, it could be any number of things. And once you pull it back and start seeing it. You know, go over this broad scope of things, and <laughs> it makes it even more powerful. That totally. and and that somebody can do, you know, somebody could do that was just beautiful. Yeah, um, and my text to you, Wayne, last night. Uh, so I was, yeah. I, I was listening to this this record again last night and reading the lyrics to each of the songs, and uh, and I said, shit. I'm reading the lyrics for If It Be Your Will, and I'm totally tearing up. I said, expect some rawness tomorrow when I talk about this song, because so I'm so just so you know, so I'm catching a flight back to Washington State from Florida tomorrow. First thing in the morning to see my dad who had a stroke on Tuesday. And oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. So he is stuck in a hospital. I'm not sure what uh, awaits me. Uh, he hasn't been responsive for the last several days, so I'm not sure what I'm getting myself into, but I have a conviction of a higher being. I have a conviction of God um, and whatever people call it, whether it's the universe or the, the magical force of life that governs this earth, whatever that conviction is, you know, Wayne, to your point that some, sometimes things just aren't in my power. And mm -hmm. for this one is I've got to rely on faith that the higher powers will is some part of some great design that's above mine and that the will is best for all parties involved. 
So I'm rambling and I'm going to shut up now. No, it's beautiful. Yeah. That's so beautiful. So, um, so this is my eight and then Lauren. That, that is my eight as well. And I genuinely, you'll be in my thoughts and, uh, you and your family. Thank you. And I hope your I hope your dad is okay. I appreciate that. Um, and then Wayne. Well, I feel I you're making me misty over here, but, uh, I only gave it a five, but, uh, I, my heart goes with you, brother. Thanks, man. It's a great way to end a record, isn't it? Uh-huh. Uh, Absolutely. This is going to be one that I listen to a lot. And the Jennifer Warnes version, so we talked about Jennifer Warnes earlier, um, she kills it. That is yeah. such a great version. So, uh -huh. so good. All right. So um, this is usually the part where we talk about our top five. Do I even need to ask what our first two songs are? <laughs> no. 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 All right. Hallelujah, if it be your will. Uh, we got a two-way tie for third. So uh, any guesses on our two-way tie for third? The Law. Law is and, number five. Uh, I tanked it for you. Sorry. <laughs> Well, I, mine was uh, coming back to you. I'm not sure if that's one of them. That's one of them. And then the there other. There we go. The night mm. comes on. Night comes on. There you go. That's a solid five, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would listen to that five on repeat. That's totally. That's, that's pretty solid. Yeah. Well, this is uh, this is an album I'm going to listen to more. Just because, like I said, I, I, didn't, I don't feel like I had enough time with it. Uh, to really, uh, you know, to really feel all of the things that are being said in there, and, and uh, you know, to my own, to to what degree you can understand another person's um, lyrics, I definitely would like to uh, listen to this more and 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 experience it more. Yeah. Did we cover everything? Did we miss anything in our analysis? No. No, I think it's pretty great. I think we got it. All right. Um, so Lauren, it's been a pleasure revisiting with you. Thank you for oh, picking absolutely. this record. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. All right. So one last question before we, uh, we let you go. Uh, I ask this of all of our guests. So who do you know that I don't know who would want to join us on this podcast to revisit one of their favorite records? I'd say my friend, Mariel Buckley. All right. She's the she's the woman I talked about that uh, is arguably the biggest tragically hit fan that I know and uh, an amazing uh, songwriter and uh, person and um, I think you're, she's gonna go on to do great things and uh, her music is really awesome so you should check her out. Cool. So cool. So tell everybody where they can find your happenings. Where, where can they find everything about Lucette? I'm on all of the things, uh, Spotify, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, Apple Music, okay. Pandora, <laughs> my living room. <laughs> there you go. So as a reminder, you can find all of our happenings on our Facebook page for the Records Revisited podcast. We're on Instagram using the hashtag. Records Revisited Podcast. We're now on Twitter. 
Wayne, I remembered our Twitter handle now. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's at Podcast Records. Um, you can find us on all the uh, the the uh, the fine platforms for podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Stitcher, iHeartMedia. Uh, you can go and and check out all of our old episodes if you just type in recordsrevisitedpodcast.com. And on all those platforms, please uh, please go subscribe and review us. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show. Buy a T-shirt of the band. Buy a record. Visit a record store. And not just on Record Store Day. We are Records Revisited. And we are out. Out. out.